All right. Welcome back to Career Day, the podcast. I'm your host, Adam Zigner, a high school business teacher here at Carlisle High School in central Pennsylvania. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Klinger. Morgan is a senior tax analyst with Penn National Gaming. Uh, Morgan, any other introduction for yourself? Um, yeah, so hi, everybody. Um, as Mr. Zigner mentioned, uh, my name is Morgan Klinger, um, senior tax analyst with Penn National Gaming. Um, I actually just hit my two-year mark with the company in November. Um, I guess a little bit more about me. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in accounting uh, from Susquehanna University in Sealands Grove. Um, and I also achieved a minor's degree in legal studies as well. Um, while I was studying there, I earned an internship with KPMG. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, KPMG is one of the big four accounting firms. Um, my internship was in the business tax practice in the Harrisburg office. And from there, I received a full-time offer. Uh, spent the first five years of my career there and worked my way up to the manager level before ultimately deciding to join the Penn team. Um, I also obtained my certified public accounting license in PA um, and still actively maintain that license, even though I'm not necessarily working um, in public accounting anymore. But, yeah. Very nice. So a senior tax analyst, what, what exactly is that? Um, so if, if it's okay with you, I, I have a kind of unique perspective in which I work as a tax professional in both public and private. Um, so I think it might be a little beneficial to touch on both. Um, when I worked at KPMG, we worked on various tax items for a variety of different clients. Um, so I had large multinational publicly traded companies that I worked on, as well as some smaller, you know, privately owned companies. Um, we helped our clients on a lot of tax compliance items, um, which compliance is essentially, you know, preparing their annual tax returns, um, federal, state, local, international, you name it, um, preparing extensions for those tax returns, estimated quarterly tax payments. Um, and then from a non-compliance standpoint, I also worked on a number of tax provision and consulting projects. Um, so I'm sure... Most of your students have no idea what a tax provision is, but um, in simplest terms, that is a more or less like a quick and dirty estimate of the value of the tax line items in the financial statements, um, what that's gonna be for the year, uh, both on the balance sheet and the income statement. Um, so tax provisions are a lot of work, but that's probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, and that's, And the provision side of things is actually one of the more exciting parts about you know my job. Um, but now that I work in private at Penn, um, I do a lot of those same things um, just for my own company now. So I do a lot less compliance things um, and more tax provision items, but you know I still help the accounting firm that we use um, that prepares our tax returns. Like I help them gather the information, everything that they need for the tax returns. Um, but you know, another part of my job is that we're a rapidly growing company. So a lot of times I'll get pulled into you know, our most recent acquisition projects. Um, and I'm also responsible for monitoring you know, any legislative changes or updates for all the different um, jurisdictions that we, that we operate in. So Very nice. wide, that actually, wide range. <laughs> that actually led me to a follow-up that wasn't uh, on my initial list of questions. I had a student that I, it just popped into my head now um, a kid named Ethan in my personal finance class uh, is interested in accounting and wanted to know back to the public side of it. When you're working with multiple clients, how do you ensure that they're all getting 
the amount of attention that they deserve as a client when you're working with multiple people? How do you juggle that side of the business? Yeah, that that's probably the most challenging part about public accounting. Um, and really what it takes is a lot of organization from your end. Um, but also, you know, the different teams that you work with. Um, well, you know, we would often have status meetings for all of our different teams, um, you know, to touch on the goals that we had for the week, any upcoming deadlines that we had for each individual client. Um, in tax, you know, a lot of a lot of clients might have these same deadlines. So you need to work really closely with your team who a lot of a lot of the time the resources that you have on your team are in the same boat as you are they have you know the same deadlines for other clients as well so um, it's really just a lot of organization a lot of planning um, and using the resources that you have the best way that that you can but yeah that is definitely the probably the most challenging part about public is is balancing all of that so you just have to be you know organized and communicate very heavily. Right. Yeah. So next question. So I mentioned it in my, in our first episode, you know, the biggest thing that we try to get to with, with the kids here is what a typical day look like, looks like for somebody. So how about now in your current position, what does a typical day look like for you? Um, so I work in the corporate tax department at the company's corporate headquarters in Wyomissing, uh, which is close to Reading. Um, you know, since the pandemic, we're working at home, um, which has actually been helpful because, you know, we work hand in hand with our overall corporate accounting team, which is based out of Las Vegas. So they're three hours behind. So, you know, it's a little bit nicer at home because, you know, 830 our time is 530 their time. So um, that's been that's been a lot easier since we've been from home in case there's any, you know, later meetings or things like that. But um, as a tax analyst, you know, I'm part of a team that's responsible for not only corporate tax items, but we work with all of our properties across the country. Um, and we just recently completed a huge acquisition for almost $2 billion um, that put us into Canada as well. So, um, but in the United States, I think we have about 43 different properties um, across the country. And we work really closely with all of those properties on a variety of different issues that come up for them. Um, so I wouldn't really say I have a typical day, which is what I like the most about my job, but, you know, we have our deadlines, we have our projects that we're working on throughout the week, um, you know, depending on the time of year that could range anywhere from calculating quarterly tax payments and working with the treasury department um, to get them paid or, you know, responding on notices that our properties get from different taxing jurisdictions on discrepancies that they have or you know, licensing renewals. We work with our license team just to make sure that there's um, any tax issues are cleared so that we can get our license renewals so that we can operate in the state. Um, so from a typical day, it, it, it really ranges, but um, from, from the year, I would say we're like fairly busy at quarter ends. Um, so like, you know, April, July, October, um, and then year end obviously in January, um, cause that's when we're working on, you know, the tax provision items that I kind of touched on before. Um, and we're busier then because, you know the volume of properties that we have need to ultimately be consolidated um, into what's gonna end up on our financial statement. So, um, you know, during those times too, we're working with our external auditors, our internal auditors. Um, any given day though, I could be in communication with our legal team, like our, our in-house counsel, um, our compliance and licensing teams, you know, 
Um, but like I said, it's probably what I, I like the most about working in industry as opposed to public because you really get to work with so many different people within the organization and get to see the ins and outs of the company so much more than you would, you know, in public accounting. Awesome. So that actually takes me to one of the student questions um, from, from one of my personal finance kids. Again, uh, how often, you kind of just touched on this, how often are you interacting with uh, people on a day-to-day basis in your job? And how do you make sure, you know, you're keeping those interactions, especially now where you're doing most of it remotely? How are you making sure those are both professional, which, you know, is always a standard and then also productive? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I was with Penn for about three months before the pandemic happened. So um, most of my time here has been working from home. So there are some days when, you know, I don't necessarily interact with a ton of different people, um, but that's not, that's definitely not the norm. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're working with um, different properties, different corporate teams, you know, both in, in YMSing and in Las Vegas. Um, we use Microsoft Teams heavily, which is essentially like Zoom. Um, which has been great during the pandemic and the new, you know, work from home environment. So um, probably the worst part about working from home is that you lose that person to person interaction, but Teams has really helped with that. Um, So the most important thing I'd say is that now that we are working from home and you're losing that in-person interaction, it's so important to capitalize on the interactions that you do have. Um, So, you know, we always, I always get on my you know, video chat and try to just get that FaceTime, you know, even if it's not in person, um, that way that person in Las Vegas, you know, sees who they're working with. And, um, but, you know, do your prep work beforehand, Um, make sure you're prepared before going into a call. You know, I'm on a lot of different calls with, you know, a lot of different people from all over the organization. So you just have to make sure you're prepared so that, you know, you can step up and ask those questions when needed or, um, you know, try to anticipate any questions or action items that might come out of, you know, a specific interaction you have with someone and, and always make sure that you're following up on the action items. Um, you know, it's so easy when you're not seeing that person um, in person to just kind of forget about it, but um, you just need to make sure that, you know, you have your, your you follow up on the act, any action items that come out of like that interaction or that call that you have with that person. Perfect. Or that team. Nope. So let, let's kind of rewind back to before, before careers, before all of that, was always accounting always your plan? Um, actually, no. Um, I had always wanted to be an attorney. Um, and as I got to high school, I narrowed it down to wanting to be a corporate attorney. Um, so I majored in business in college, thinking that it would be good to get my undergrad in business and then go to law school so that I'd have, you know, a solid business background before going to law school and then, you know, have, have both of those educations. Um, But since I was in business school, my advisor was from the business school and she just so happened to be the chair of the accounting department. Um, So when I spoke with her, you know, first week as a freshman on campus about my career goals, she actually suggested that I major in accounting as opposed to just, you know, business administration, because she felt that I would get a better background of business that way. Um, so stuck with my accounting classes. I really enjoyed my accounting classes. And then from there, we needed an internship. Um, so I ended up taking a tax internship because I thought that would be a pretty good mix of both accounting and law. Um, still thinking, you know, that I was going to go to law school after this. Um, 
But once I really got into my internship, I realized how much I liked accounting. I really liked the team um, and the company that I had my internship with, which was KPMG. Um, I thought I'd save myself from another three years of school and taking the bar exam, but uh, the CPA exam was just as challenging. Um, so, but here I am, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, a couple other things on here about, you know, why you chose what you chose. Um, was there any other than, other than your internship, was there, and you know, your talk with your advisor, was there another driving factor to like the world of accounting? Once you got into that internship, what, what really drew you and said, okay, yeah, I've definitely made the right choice here. Yeah. I just, um, I, I guess more so like the company specifically, like I just really saw myself growing within KPMG. Um, and there was just so many different opportunities to grow or different, you know, types of tax that I could get involved in. You know, if I didn't want to do tax returns anymore, I could do provisions or I could, you know, help clients with any like mergers and acquisitions that they were doing. Like there was just so many different things. Um, and I think too, at the time, what really drew me to the career, which was ultimately at KPMG was um, I'd studied abroad and in college and they had a lot of international opportunities. So, you know, at the time that was something that drew me to KPMG specifically. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad I chose accounting. Um, the world is always gonna need accountants no matter how advanced technology becomes. Um, you know, they'll always need lawyers too, but I just thought accounting was more fun. <laughs> so next one in the journey from wanting to be a lawyer in high school to meeting with your advisor and kind of deciding to pursue an accounting you know, degree, was there anybody or any piece, of, any piece of advice that really stuck out to you or inspired you to get to you know, where you wanted to be? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I mentioned my, my advisor at Susquehanna. Um, like I said, since she was like the accounting chair, like I had a lot of um, more personal interactions with her because she, she was, um, you know, kind of leading the accounting department at Susquehanna. Um, but I had so many great professors there that like truly took an interest in me personally. Um, and, and two of them were actually KPMG alum. Um, so they all helped in different ways, whether it was, you know, personal advice or writing recommendation letters. Um, but like I said, there was one, uh, one tax professor, my tax professor actually, he was a KPMG alum and spent some years with the IRS and he was an attorney. So I kind of looked at him like, wow, this is me, you know, and like 30 years from now, cause he kind of did everything that I had wanted to do with my career too. Um, so I just had a lot of, you know, the, the good thing about Susquehanna is it's a smaller school. So we um, had a lot of just like personal interactions with a lot of different professors that gave us, you know, some, some good advice and some personal stories and, you know, um, but also, I mean, career services too, like I, I use them very heavily when I was in school. Um, definitely don't overlook them as a resource when you get to college, they're here to help. They know about, you know, all the different internship opportunities and job openings and, um, deadlines. And there's a really strong network of alumni. So, you know, I use them very heavily when I was in college and, and they definitely helped me to like, to kind of get to get where I'm at. So even in high school too, you know, your guidance department, um, you know, they know about all those things too. So they're here to help. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's great. So one person not mentioned there that, you know, maybe not necessarily on your list specifically, but 
one that I look to a lot now, Morgan and I shared a high school accounting teacher, uh, Dan Frake, mm-hmm. who is now teaching in, uh, I believe, Sealands Grove, actually, the home of Susquehanna. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, we always look and I, Morgan did, I sent Morgan some questions before this. And one of them is uh, about how accounting is typically looked at, especially by high school kids as a boring subject, sitting there, just looking at numbers the entire time. And I can very, I can remember very specifically uh, some lessons I had with Mr. Frake that kind of made me see the other side of it. There's some, you know, some excitement there that's built up. And I think that's, you know, important when kids are looking at business careers and accounting specifically uh, to really show them there is more than just spreadsheets and numbers in it. Um, But as, as you bring that up, I'll bring that question up. So most of my kids in my accounting classes, or, you know, I'm sure, you know, across the country, high school kids specifically are looking at accounting as a boring career, sitting at a desk, looking at numbers, spreadsheets. Why isn't that really the case? Yeah, I mean, that's so far from the truth. Um, obviously, I had heard the same, you know, um, and there, there's going to be some days when you're sitting at your desk looking at a spreadsheet trying to figure out, you know, how to come up with some type of calculation or where these numbers are coming from and where they need to go. But, um, and it's funny because whenever I tell someone I'm an accountant, they'll often say like, oh, you must be really good at math. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually just really good at Excel. <laughs> um but in public accounting specifically, like, I mean, pre-pandemic, um, but I know they're, they're getting back into it. You're at client sites, you're interacting with clients, um, you know, you're following your clients real time and what's going on, you know, news releases, press releases, things like that. Like there's just so many cool things you can learn about your clients. So it's, it's so much more than just, you know, sitting there doing numbers like you're really getting to know the clients and the business and things like that um and you know for example something that your class might be familiar with is barstool sports um my company partially owns barstool sports and one of my responsibilities as a senior tax analyst was to lead um, the research and development tax credit study that our company can claim on our federal tax return as a result of all the work that our team did um, to develop the Barstool Sportsbook app. So I got to sit in on a lot of, you know, pretty cool calls, listening to, you know, all the work that went into developing that app. And, you know, most of it was way over my head, but um, it was really interesting to learn. And I was like really fortunate to be a part of that project. So, um, you know, there, there's so many different things like that. Um, and, you know, I mentioned before, you're working with so many different people too, in departments that it's, you know, it's so much more than crunching numbers, but um, all roads lead back to accounting in one way or another. So, um, you know, you're just, you're going to come up with some, you're going to come across so many different people and, and things along the way that it's, it's so much more than that. Absolutely. A couple of rapid fire ones from some students here. Yep. Um, Wyatt, uh, Wyatt's a sophomore here. How do you make sure that you reduce the human error side of it when you're working with different companies or with your company? Yeah, great question. Um, So for the work that we do in-house, we have a lot of like Excel macros that we use um, for different templates that we have. So, you know, part of our like quarterly processes, we'll send out a template to all the different properties and they send it back. Well, a lot of the people completing those templates, they don't really know anything about tax. They're just, it's it's data input. And, And a lot of the issues or the errors that happen is process right so we have a lot of macros 
that have you know built-in check figures for us to make sure that everything's calculating correctly. Um, and for the work that we don't do in-house, like some of our tax compliance work, the returns and things like that, our consultants also have a lot of programs that are built, you know, to automate a lot of things um, to reduce the human error. So, um, you know, it, it, it really spans, it, it just, there's so many different programs out there. Um, and, you know, actually one thing that I could recommend to your students, if they're thinking about a career in accounting is, um, and one thing that I wish I would have done, probably one of my bigger regrets now knowing that I'm spending my career in accounting is getting some type of either like a minor degree or some type of emphasis in like information systems or data analytics. Um, because, you know, as things are getting more automated, accountants are never gonna go away. You're always gonna need accountants, but the programs that we use and there, there's so much more data now out there in the world and, you know, things that we need to analyze um, that knowing data analytics and, you know, computer programming or coding or something like that, it, it makes our lives so much easier. Um, and like, you know, why I had said reducing human error, like things like that are, are what are ultimately going to make your job easier as an accountant. So um, that that would be huge. <laughs> uh, so Isaiah, he's a senior here. Um has heard, you know, he, he's actually looking into getting into accounting um, potentially as his avenue of, you know, careers in college. Um, he's heard a lot about how stressful accounting can be. And we talked uh, in our personal finance class specifically about, uh, I think I've hammered home to them the date April 15th, a hundred <laughs> times. Yeah. Um, he's heard how stressful it can be though. So how have you found, what ways have you found to handle some of that stress that you deal with? Yeah, accounting can be so stressful. Um, it's so fast paced. There's things that are changing all the time. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to sugarcoat that. Um, it is stressful. And, and when you work in public accounting, there's always deadlines to me or unexpected things that come up for your clients that they need, you know, five minutes ago. Um, we, we, we like to call them fire drills, <laughs> the most recent fire drill. Um, but when you're in industry, the same thing happens all the time. You know, it might be a little different, but um, there's always unexpected things coming up all the time. So, um, and with the pandemic and working from home, it's been a little bit more difficult because you, before, you know, you could kind of separate work and home and use your time to de-stress at home when you're away from the office, but now your office is home. So you just need to make sure you take some time to put work out of your mind and separate yourself from the temptation to just sit down at your desk at home because you can, um, you know, I, I enjoy playing sports and being active. So I would often try to find like intramural or rec leagues um, to join, even if most of them were, were with my coworkers, um, you know, just to get out of the office and do something to take your mind off work. Um, but I, you know, I enjoy reading and like traveling too. So you really just need to prioritize yourself and your own interests and, and do things that you enjoy um, or else like you, you will burn out. Like burnout, especially in public accounting is a very real thing. Um, that's why you, most firms give you a, a significant amount of like time off or personal time off, but you just need to make sure that you use that time. They give you that much time for a reason. Right. Um, so, yeah. And you touched on the pandemic there. So this is my, my next to last question, I guess we'll call it. Um, how, how were you specifically affected by it? You know, in terms of, you know, you said you spent three months uh, with Penn before you went, you know, pretty much fully remote. Yeah. Um, and then, also, how has it changed the operations of the company? 
Yeah. Um, so the pandemic hit us really hard. Um, you know, last year in the middle of March, we were required to shut down every single one of our properties for several months. I mean, like Im imagine that we essentially had zero cash coming in from any of our properties for, you know, months at a time. And, and even when we could reopen, um, it was at such a limited, you know, capacity and, you know, the Barstool Sportsbook app, we weren't really up and running with that app yet, but even if it would have been, there weren't really any sporting events happening to bet on. Um, so it was a really dark time for our company, um, but our leadership maneuvered the pandemic in such an amazing way. Um, you know, we immediately had to go into like a cash savings mode and try to reduce our spending as much as possible because we just didn't have any cash coming in to replenish what we were spending. Um, and unfortunately, we had to lay off a number of employees. Um, I was one of the fortunate ones, a couple hundred of us across the country that kept our jobs. Um, but, you know, we did a lot of things like issuing public offering of debt and um, selling the real estate assets of one of our properties in Las Vegas for rent credits. Um, so essentially what, not to get too technical, but it was like a non-cash um, rent payment agreement that we had to try to like reduce our cash coming out. Um, but the way that our, our um, you know, our CEO and our leadership handled it was honestly amazing to watch. And, you know, we have bounced back stronger than ever. Um, there's some really exciting things happening for us. And it's amazing to think about, you know, where we're at today versus last year at this time. Um, so don't, don't call it a comeback, but uh, yeah, no, what a comeback. Um, it's, it's crazy to, to think about the year, like flop from where we were last year to today. Awesome. My, my last question is going to be the same for everybody I have on here. Um, whether it's, you know, people I've known my whole life, people that I'm just meeting. Um, what advice do you wish that you would have gotten when you were a high school student about going to college, about careers, about life in general? Um, so this, I guess what I would say, I mean, this is something that I was given, not necessarily that I wish someone gave to me, but I guess I, I wish I would have capitalized on this advice like a little bit more. So um, I think it's really important to pass on, but networking is so important. Um, you know, whether it's old classmates or other alumni that went to your college, um, contacts your professors or your teachers might have. Like I'd mentioned two of my professors at Susquehanna were KPMG alum. That definitely had something to do with why, you know, I got into to KPMG. Um, the person that interviewed me at Susquehanna from KPMG was a Susquehanna alum. So um, make sure you just go to all the career fairs, use career services to your advantage. Um, I can guarantee you will find a job and find yourself successful if you use your network. Um, and, and don't just stop networking once you find a job. Um, you know, you never know when you might want to take a new job and you might need some help from someone you've crossed paths with before that are going to help you get your next job. Um, and I'll make a connection here too from your first episode with Connor Dietrich. He actually got in touch with me last year about job openings at Penn. Um, so prime example of the importance of networking and using, you know, your resources, but that that's so important, especially now. Um, as the job market is, you know, pretty competitive. If you have that connection with someone or that in with someone, um, that's going to ultimately be, you know, maybe the thing that's going to push you over the, the edge of another candidate to get the job that you want. So super important.
Absolutely. Well, hey, Morgan, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Have a good one. I just want to say thank you again to Morgan Klinger for taking the time to talk to me today. Also, thank you to those of you who've listened so far, checked out some of the clips online. Uh, some pretty exciting guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure to check back regular to, regularly to see you know, what jobs I'm exploring, who I'm talking to. Uh, you can follow us on social media. All the different platforms are linked here. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.